Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church Podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. Our Sunday live stream starts at 10 a.m. at cascadevineyard.org stream or on Facebook at Cascade Vineyard Church. Thanks for tuning in. So good to see you all on this chilly morning. Was it so cold out this morning? Man, I'm telling you. Hey, uh, a couple things before we get into the message today. First of all, thank you so much. I forgot to do this last week, but uh, everyone who participated either donated financially or served and worked or whatever, a lot of different ways, uh, Thanksgiving this year. So as you remember, our goal was 37 families, uh, and, and if you remember the reason we came to 37, I was talking to Emma Shea about how many families should we do, and she said 37 is a prime number. So we, did, we uh, were able to provide full Thanksgiving dinners for 37 families, but on top of that, we used the bottle drop money. Thanks to anybody who brings your bottles and cans in. I know that seems kind of silly, you know, what do we do with that? But that money actually really funds a lot of things. And we were able to provide uh, turkeys and or hams for 23 more families from the school district of families that couldn't afford Thanksgiving. Yeah, so that's cool. So I'm not very good at math, but I think that 37 and 23 is 60. See, look at that. I'm getting a nod from the math teacher. (laughs) No, no. So all said and done, thank you guys. We were able to help provide... Uh, Thanksgiving meal for 60 families in our community this year. So that is super cool. All right, one one more announcement. Go to the next slide for me, uh, if you would, Naomi. So Christmas this year. Uh, Christmas Eve is a f- Friday, and then Christmas is, is Saturday, and then Sunday following. I surveyed our team, our worship team, and a lot of our other folks that do stuff around Sunday. A lot, a lot of families. We're small to begin with. A lot of people are going to be away for Thanksgiving. They're going to be in uh, different states. Idaho. They're, what? Oh, Christmas. I'm sorry. I'm still on Thanksgiving. Christmas. So we will not be having a Christmas service this year. Uh, I, I know that's hard. It's sad. We, we're really encouraging you to uh, gather with friends and family. Do, do whatever celebration you can. Just, just be together. But uh, we will be back the following Sunday, regular time, 10 a.m., but, but no service on, on Christmas Eve or the 26th, okay? So just mark that in your calendars. And uh, with that, we are, we're, we, we've been, if you haven't been with us, we're doing a, a little series this year uh, called The Characters of Christmas, and just kind of looking at the lives of people uh, around the Christmas story and the way that they were impacted by Advent or the arrival of Jesus. We started with Joseph a few weeks ago. Last week, Donna did a great job talking about Mary. Wasn't it good? She was so good. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. There we go. Uh, So this morning, uh, we're going to continue with one of my favorite people. 
Uh, during this series, a few other folks are going to be sharing different characters, uh, but I, I claimed Simeon first because Simeon is one of my favorite people, not even just in the Christmas story, but in, in the Bible. In, in Scripture. And for years and years, uh, you know how you, you read and things just sort of impact your life. And I've probably spent as much time contemplating and thinking about Simeon as I have almost anybody else other than Jesus himself. I mean, I, I know that seems crazy, but I really have. So, so I, I laid claim to Simeon early. Um, as an intro to talking about Simeon this morning, though, I want to begin with Psalm 40. If you would go to the next slide for me, just a few verses from the beginning of Psalm 40. It, how many of you, uh, it's really hard for me to, to read the first few verses of Psalm 40 and not try to sing them like Bono. Does anybody else ever have that problem, or is that just me? It's only me. Thanks for that. Um, but Psalm 40, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. So, Lord, we just uh, come to you this morning, and we pray that uh, as we wait uh, in these, these days, these weeks prior to Advent, to the arrival of Jesus, uh, that you would come and meet with us, and that we would see your arrival, and that we would sense and feel and know the depth and the presence and the power, the goodness and the grace and the forgiveness and the healing and the wholeness that comes uh, when Jesus enters into our lives. your name we pray. Amen. All right, so our title this morning is uh, Waiting for the Lord. And uh, obviously, if you know anything about Simeon, that makes sense to you. But if you don't, it'll make more sense as we go. But let's go ahead and um, read our text together. If you want to go ahead and uh, go to the next uh, few slides there. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and he praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him, and then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. This is the only... Uh, only passage that mentions Simeon. He's not even mentioned anywhere else in Scripture, and yet really in those few verses we learn uh, quite a bit about him, beginning with, uh, and, and go ahead to the next one, Naomi, that he was righteous and devout. Um, righteous is a statement about Simeon's character. Uh, it, it, it literally, the Greek word is 
dikaios, and it means just or fair or upright. Uh, it's, it's really, basically, he was a good person. Uh, it's, it's, he, he was a, a, a moral person, a person of high character. Devout, it has to do more with his faith, what was going on in his heart and his relationship with God. Um, it means that he was God-fearing. Uh, the literal translation of the Greek word is that he took hold of what is good. So here's the thing. Simeon was the real deal, okay? He was a guy who believed in God, who had a deep faith, and he lived that faith out. And sometimes in life, maybe you relate to this a little bit yourself, or maybe you've seen it in the lives of others, there, there's a, a discrepancy. Somebody might say they have faith or, or claim to have faith or um, whatever, and they trust in God or believe in God, but somehow in the working out of that, there's a differentiation, and they don't always live that faith out. Simeon was a guy who not only uh, believed and was devoted in his heart to God, but he really, really, really lived that out um, through the course of his life. He was both righteous and devout, and in that regard, I think, provides a, a great example for us as people serving or seeking to serve God and live for Him and love Him. Uh, go ahead and go to the next part of that verse. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. The consolation of, of Israel simply means, uh, you know, what it means to console somebody. Uh, to He was waiting for Israel to be consoled, to have comfort and encouragement and a sense of restoration come to them. At this point in history, Israel had been under foreign rule for 800 years. That's a long time. Different, uh, different regimes, if you will, different kingdoms had controlled Israel over that period of time. Currently, at the time of this writing, they were under the rule of Rome. Rome was one of the more brutal and harsh uh, kingdoms that they were held under during that entire 800 years. It was very difficult for Israel. There had been no consolation. There had been no relief. There had been no, no, no freedom, no life really to speak of for Israel. And Simeon knows this. He understands the history and, and he waits. And he's waiting. And he's waiting and believing that God's going to bring that freedom, that consolation, that renewed life back to God's people. Interesting little side note here. Um, the Greek word uh, for consolation, for what they were waiting for, is paraklesia. And one of the Greek words used for the Holy Spirit, uh, there, there are places where Jesus talks about the comforter will come in reference to the Holy Spirit. And that Greek word is paraklete, which is a a, a related word to paraclesia. So the point being simply this, that what Israel was waiting for would come only from the Spirit of God. Their freedom wouldn't come any other way. There was nothing that would bring that consolation, that restoration to them, other than the Spirit of God Himself. Another thing that I love about this passage, and, and that I find uh, of interest, at least to me, is when we think of people being filled with the Holy Spirit, 
if you're like me, most often our minds go immediately to uh, the book of Acts and to the disciples and the followers of Jesus post-crucifixion and resurrection, post-Pentecost, when the Spirit of God filled the room. And it's after that, throughout the book of Acts, sorry, throughout the book of Acts, that we we see that reference that so-and-so was filled with the Spirit of God. Um, I didn't research it, but I believe this is the only place in the New Testament where it says that a person was filled with the Holy Spirit before that happening. Simeon was filled with the Spirit of God, and really when we read this text, it, it sounds like something we might read in the book of Acts that some, as someone was filled by the Spirit, or that we might even hope for in our own lives today, is that you know he heard the Spirit speak. He was led by the Spirit. He was guided by the Spirit. All those things happened in the life of this man who was righteous and devout and had committed his life, really, if you think about it, uh, that's a tr- tremendous commitment to waiting. Uh, anybody that's ever waited gets it. And if you've waited for a long time, you really get it. Um, he, it's in, he had been told by the Holy Spirit at some point, some, somewhere back in history, that he wouldn't die until he saw the Messiah. And he waited. And we don't know how long he waited. But I just imagine, I could just think, I, I was thinking about it so much this week. He's waiting, and he's waiting and waiting. And, and he, he knows the voice of the Spirit. He's heard it before. And then all of a sudden, one day, today's the day. It's time. It's time. Go now. This, this is what you've been waiting for. I, it, it, you know, it's, it, it's unbelievable to me what must have gone on. I, I can't even get a hold of what was happening in Simeon's heart at that, at that very moment. What he had longed for and waited for was, was going to happen. Um, you know, and, and again, just God gives us a promise, okay? And, and uh, we pray and we wait. I don't know how many of you have had, there have been times in our lives when, you know, we, we believed something from God. And God spoke. And we were, we were pretty confident, as confident as you can be, that we heard from the Lord and, and that it was going to happen. And then you wait. And sometimes it gets hard to wait. You know, um, Simeon in some ways was almost synonymous with the word hope itself. We've said before the definition of hope is a confident expectation of a preferable future. It's really believing that God is going to do something better in my life moving forward. And Simeon waited for that day to happen. And then finally... It happened. He, he, he never gave up. Again, uh, I read Psalm 40 because it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He heard my cry, and then I sing a new song. And it's interesting that uh, when, when Simeon uh, went and saw Jesus, when, when he came into that place of the fulfillment of the word of the Lord, he, he burst into song. Again, there's that. Uh, it's, this, the text is, is interesting because Clearly, there's a gap between verse 26 and 27, you know, where he's waiting, he heard the voice, and then uh, he waited, and then it happened. And we don't know how long that is. Um, I read something interesting this week. 
uh, one of the one of the commentaries I was I was looking at the uh, the Greek Orthodox Church, the Greek Greek Orthodox tradition. They maintain that Simeon was one of the translators of the Septuagint. Septuagint is the translation of the Old Testament into Greek. And that happened uh, almost 200 years prior to the birth of Jesus. So again, this is what they they maintain that. We don't know. But if, in fact, Simeon was one of those that was part of that group that translated the Old Testament into Greek, he would have been 200 years old-ish at this time. So again, you know, I don't know if that's true or not, and I don't know how long Simeon waited, but it really gives you the understanding that he was waiting in the Spirit of God and that the Spirit of God kept him alive. He wouldn't die until he saw the Messiah. And it's powerful. And again, that day happened when he waited and the Spirit of God moved and said, today is the day. Today is the day. And then he breaks out in song and he begins to sing this song to the Lord. He says, uh, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. My eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Uh, you, you know, he says there, you, you can now dismiss your servant in peace. And uh, I, I don't know what Simeon was thinking at that moment. If he thought... Um, uh, you know, I, I can, I'm done waiting now. I can quit waiting, go out to eat or something. Or if he really thought, dismiss your servant, like, I'm done. Um, the, the, the Greek word uh, there indicates release from a commitment. So it could have just been that he was done waiting. But I think in a greater way, Simeon was fulfilled with his life's call. And he was like, okay. I've done what you called me to do, and I can go home now. Either way, that was the case. He was fulfilled in that he did what God called him to do, and it was no easy thing. And now um, he, he lived to see what he waited for, the salvation of the Lord uh, for all nations. And I was touched by that this week, too. Um, the good news of Jesus has no borders, there's, there's no boundaries. It's, it wasn't just for Israel then, and it's not just for us today. I, I get perplexed at times with the idea of kind of Christian nationalism and that there's, uh, you know, the, the goodness of God for certain people in certain places. Uh, in my estimation, uh, Scripture says something different than that. I think it makes it clear that the Spirit of God is poured out for all people, that anyone and everyone has that opportunity. Jesus breaks down walls and barriers, and even uh, with his birth, he began to do that, according to our friend Simeon. Uh, go ahead and go to verse 
33, if you would. I don't know if I have. Go to the next one. Yeah. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. I, I love that, too, because, um, look, Mary and Joseph were people like you and me. And we talked about this over the last couple of weeks as we looked at their lives. Each of them had had a dream in which the Spirit of God had spoken to them and told them what was going to happen. So they had that level of preparation. But even after that, there, there's, they're still kind of, you know, mind blown at what's really happening here. I, I really believe that Mary and Joseph along the way were surprised at every step. They're not omniscient. They're not God. And, they, and I believe they only knew what the Lord revealed to them at that moment. I, I think they understood from the beginning kind of who Jesus was, but every step of the way, it was like, are you kidding me? And, and it was just overwhelming that God was really doing this thing that they, they, he had told them that he was going to do. Uh, they, they marveled even as Simeon came and spoke these words. Um, and then uh, here, here is the thing. Before he, he leaves, Simeon gives this kind of uh, cryptic and, and ominous sort of word, the first part to both of them, and then the end to Mary. Go ahead and go to the next one. Simeon blessed them. He said to Mary, his mother, the child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Uh, as they say, it's all fun and games, you know, until somebody speaks the whole truth. Mary and Joseph marveled, and they were in awe of what God was doing. And these things that Simeon had just said, and now... There's this follow-up word, this addendum. Um, salvation and light were for the consolation of Israel and all people. But at the same time, and, 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 and this is really the essence of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God breaks through into the reality of life we live and it brings healing and wholeness, but it also divides. And so there's this understanding that even though Jesus is breaking down barriers and breaking down dividing walls, that that in and of itself is going to divide people. And, and we see that today in, in, in as good as Jesus is, he divides people. And there are those that don't come to that place of wanting to know and, and, and coming into to reality and, and the grace of, of God towards them. Uh, there are people like Herod and Pilate then who oppose the very essence of, of Jesus. Um, and I think that's still true today. People are somewhat bent on building their own kingdom. And I, I think the same thing is true as was true of them, that that might infringe upon the kingdom that I want to build for myself. And so I have an opposition. 
So not everyone would receive that. Um, and then the very last thing he says, go to the, the last slide, Simeon's ministry. A sword will pierce your own soul too. Uh, I, I don't know if you ever had a prophetic word. Prophetic words are powerful in our lives, but they're not always positive. Often they are. This was prophetic, but not positive. And I, I believe that God in His grace was beginning now, at this point, now then, to prepare Mary for what was to come. Um, Mary was going to have a, a tough go. Um, and it's interesting to me, he speaks specifically to Mary and not Joseph. As we said before, Joseph wouldn't live. He, we don't know how Joseph died. Natural causes is the assumption. But if he died when Jesus was young, he, he never lived to see the fulfillment of the prophecy that Jesus would be the light and the salvation, but he also didn't live to see Jesus die. And there, there is a depth of pain in the heart of any parent who sees their child die. As we've said before, that's not the way it's supposed to work. You're supposed to grow old, and then you die, and your children bury you. And here, Simeon is preparing Mary uh, early on for the pain that she would experience at the cross. And, and that's it. After that, <coughs> Simeon is... Uh, never heard from again. I don't know uh, what happened. Did he just go home and retire, or did he just go home? Um, but he was faithful, and he was patient, and he waited for the Lord. Uh, he, he did what God had called him to do, and in doing that, he fulfilled the purpose of God in his life. You know... Sometimes God calls us to do great things. And I, you know, you hear people say, you know, you could do great things for the Lord. But sometimes those great things are simple things. And sometimes God calls us to simple things. And I would just encourage anyone and everyone, if you believe God's called you to do a simple thing, do that with your whole heart, with the understanding that's a great thing in the eyes of God. I mean, what did Simeon do? He waited. That, that was it. He waited. Uh, but in waiting, he fulfilled the purpose of God, and he had a faithful life. Um, and I, I believe in our own faithfulness as we do those simple things that God calls us to do, that like Simeon, we'll see Jesus in the midst of that. Um, I, I have two things. Donna, if you want to come up, Donna's going to share something. But before she does, uh, I had the sense yesterday morning as I was just sort of preparing for today that there may be uh, some of you who have been waiting. 
and I don't know for what or for how long, but you've been waiting. And and I would just want to encourage you in that this morning, that God's with you and for you, and he's touched and moved by your heart and your willingness to wait on him. Um, Steph, would you come up and just play a little bit, and then Donna, you can go ahead. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Casket Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org give. We'll see you next week.